Welcome to the Pixelated Perfect Podcast. Thanks, Diane. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, so what the Pixelated Perfect Podcast is all about is interviewing designers and learning a little bit about how they got to where they are, some of the challenges they face, some of the high points, some of the unexpected moments, and just learning a little bit about um, what's next for them and what they're looking to achieve in their design career. Um, So everyone, this is Sam. She is a full-time product designer. Um, She is working part-time with the design project, helping with a couple of customers. Sam, you've been with us for about six months now? Long? Yeah. I'd say so. Almost eight. Uh, been oh here since November. Crazy. crazy. Time is crazy. Um, but yes, she's been an amazing asset to the design team. Sam has been able to work with some of our customers as well as help us build processes and understand how to better set up designers for success at the design project. Um, so we have enjoyed having you on the podcast and we really enjoy working with you, Sam. So Let's jump in. Um, I would love to just kind of understand a little bit about your background, where you came from, what you, in the design world, or anything. If you want to start early, wherever you want to start, just kind of telling us a little bit about you. Okay, sure. Thanks, Diane. Um, yeah, I'm from Denver, Colorado, um, born and raised around Boulder, Broomfield area. And so in college, I started studying psychology and humanities, and I took one UX course and fell in love with UX design. Um, Unfortunately, I didn't think too deeply about like what it would lead to as a career. So after college, I jumped into account management for a swag company. I was making koozies and t-shirts and pens for um, Jack uh, Jack Daniel Whiskey Liquors. And, you know, I was just always like envious about the graphic designer on the team who got to mock up products and like just, you know, like curated experiences um, on a physical level, I guess, or she just just doing design in general. And so I was interested in that. And I decided to self teach myself a little bit about UX while I was working at that job, but also like interning at a startup company at that time, but just realized that I just didn't have enough um, background or like structured education to go further into it. So I decided to quit my nine to five at that time. Um, my first big girl job and enrolled myself into a boot camp. I went to Flatiron School Boot Camp. Um, and I did that for six months. And honestly, afterwards, just landed a job at another startup company. Um, I loved what I learned. I loved the friends I made along the way. And yeah, so I was just been in the startup world for a very, very long time. And what I love so much about startups is like the energy that people have and the passions that they bring to their projects. And it's a space that I don't really see myself leaving for a long time. And then, so yeah, from there on out, um, just been working on with clients, building my portfolio. And that's when I kind of stumbled across a TDP's a job posting or a posting in general on LinkedIn decided to reach out to Diane and Alex, and here I am. <laughs> you are. <laughs> love it. Love it. Um, yeah, thanks for the overview. I definitely, I want to kind of dive deeper on some of those places. Um, first of all, the psychology, so you got a, you were studying for psychology, right? That's really interesting. And then you said you took a UX course. What was it about that UX course that 
that kind of caught your attention that was like, oh, this is really interesting? Ooh. Um, so about the UX course, they they were talking a lot about observing users out in the field. So a big part of it, like they taught us about how to do user research and such and doing like going out into the field and just making observations of how people operate. Um, so at that time, my first project for that class, I was designing a app that allows you to keep track of all the stuff that you have in your refrigerator. And then you can go to the grocery store and like buy it, I guess. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time at the grocery store, um, just kind of watching people um, use their phones to search up products and just kind of honestly following people around the grocery store. Um, so just in order to help me build my first concept. And I don't know, from that point on, I just really loved the idea that UX is so based on advocating for the users and making sure that they have a great experience using digital products. Um, yeah, and aside from like ideating and my many, many ideas, and then um, just building prototypes and concepts, I think I just fell in love with the whole thing. That's great, yeah. <laughs> I love that, following people around at the grocery store. I do think that um, there is, I don't think there is, there's an overlap between like psychology and design, like, and, and I'm sure you, you felt that. And that probably was also something that was exciting to you is like knowing that you were learning and understanding users and how users interacted with the grocery store, <laughs> for instance. Yeah, it's, I, it's all about, I guess for me, it's all about like, I love how Love, love the I love learning about the way people think about things so yeah no I love that and I and I you know my background is I came from just traditional graphic design went to school for graphic design doesn't really focus on users in the same way and that's kind of like what led me into it is getting into the minds of users and understand how users function and work and how we can find patterns for users so I think that's super. Also, I really enjoy that side of it. Super fascinating. Um, so you got your first job. Um, and what was, so you talked about this graphic designer who you were kind of envious. They got to like play and design things all day. Um, so you taking a UX course and then kind of seeing someone in more of a graphic design position, um, how do you feel the differences between graphic design and product design? That is such a great question. Um, from my experience, the differences between graphic design and user design or product design is, well, I think they're both very similar, um, but in different ways, like graphic design, it's for me, I guess how I think about it is that it's like, you're almost thinking about how to communicate to the users through these visual pieces. And then product design is almost the same thing, but I guess on a different level where it's like, designing an experience for the user. And I think both art and art and graphics and everything like that is all about the experience, right? Um, I think what is interesting though, is as I'm in my career and like working through these steps, I find that product design is not all design 100% of the time. A lot of it is, you know, client face-to-face -face client management. A lot of it is design strategy. A lot of it is like knowing how to communicate to stakeholders about your design decisions. A lot of these like soft skills that 
I think honestly take up a lot more of the job than just sitting at a computer and looking at a screen and like putting together these, you know, visual elements. It's about like taking the visual elements and knowing how to communicate that your idea to these stakeholders. So it's a definitely a very interesting and rewarding um, career path. I think it's fun. Yeah, no, I love that. I, before we continue going through your career, I want to pause and unpack like everything you just said about product designer and being customer facing and processes and all the other things that come with outside of being just sitting at your computer working in Figma all day. Um, Tell me more about like, I guess, what is your favorite part of maybe product design, user design outside of the actual design piece? Outside of the design piece, I really like, honestly, the ideating phase. Um, That is a little bit more like getting into the same room with other designers um, and just figuring out how to solve a problem for the user before even touching any Figma tools or like putting like putting pixels on a screen. Like I love being able to like sit there with with other designers, maybe even by yourself and being like, okay, so my user has a very real problem that they're experiencing. What are the many different ways that we can try to make their lives easier or make um, make this product a little bit, I don't know, better to use? Um, just like sitting down and like maybe even sketching ideas, but just I think the solving problem solving aspect is what I love the most of it outside then um, sitting, sitting down and designing a screen or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And you talked about working with the customer, um, sketching, brainstorming, like what does that usually look like for you? Like, I guess also talking about maybe when you started it and to now, like working with the customer and brainstorming and iterating and getting feedback with an actual customer. Um, how has that experience been from saying starting to today? Yeah, I think in my early career, I, I'm i not sure if other designers do this, but in my early career, I, I would sketch out my ideas and present them to the stakeholders to get their feedback. And now as I'm learning, it's more about like co-designing with your clients or your stakeholders. Like maybe instead of you having the initial idea first, you bring everybody into the room and you guys brainstorm together on how to create these ideas. I think that's a really important skill to learn too uh, for junior or younger designers is that, you know, that's like involving your stakeholders in early and often is how you can get buy-in and build rapport so that when you do present your ideas down the road, they're like, they, they kind of feel like they have a say into what you're building. And so I... I was like, for a long time, I was like, well, you know, I think I'm fault to this too. Is like, as a young designer, like, I don't necessarily know the answer to every single problem and coming to terms with that and accepting that, like, my ideas are not, may or may not always be like the best, best ones to start with in a sense, but involving other people into your ideas is how you can build that, you know, team camaraderie and you, you all feel accomplished to that you all put in input into the product. Yeah, no, no. Oh my gosh, I I totally agree. And 
You know, when I get on sales calls for the design project, um, I, we are kind of external resources and the kind of like the, the line I tell them is like, you guys are the experts in your product and we're the experts in user-centered design. So the only way we're going to get to the best product is by working together and brainstorming together um, and combining all of our knowledge. So I, I think that's, that's so true. Um, can you maybe talk about a specific example of a time when maybe it didn't go well? I feel like this is a very interview question, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> totally just went there. But a time when you maybe had a hard time communicating with your customers and the stakeholders and maybe what you learned from that experience. Oh, that's a good, that's a really good and hard question. <laughs> it is a, it's, it's a tough question and we don't have to name names here, any customers or <laughs> people, but. Um, so it was your question like, when was a time that it was really difficult to communicate with the client, right? Yeah, like maybe you guys weren't seeing eye to eye or maybe it was you provided your ideas and they were like, no, <laughs> these aren't the ideas that we were wanting and you weren't really collaborating like you had mentioned. Mm, okay, uh, this is a good one. So um, I was working with the client at one point in my career um, and I think like I didn't do enough project scoping at the beginning. Um, like maybe, maybe I got, I got like the project brief from my client at the beginning. And then I took that project brief, but I didn't ask enough questions. Um, so I designed some, some initial concepts and I presented it to them. And then they also didn't communicate what they wanted <laughs> at the beginning of the project as well. So we both were kind of operating on like misunderstanding and misalignment. Um, I think there was a lot of not wasted time, but it was, it was just like, we weren't, I guess we just weren't seeing eye to eye in that sense where it's like, okay, I would present these designs and I'm like, okay, I think this is what you mean, right? Like, this is what we're going towards. And then they were like, oh yeah, well, I forgot to hate, tell you that I just don't like the color orange or something like that. Um, so I think it's important at the very beginning is to get aligned and, um, talk to your stakeholders um, and just figure out like get, get, get like crystal clear, like ask all of your questions at the beginning, make sure you have all the pieces of information that you need. And then also to set expectations with your client. Like um, this is, you know, this is the type of feedback I'm looking for, or maybe th these are the things that I need in order for the project to be successful. Um, how do we get to that place first before moving on and um, presenting those designs later down the road? Yeah. No, totally. I, I think that um, it's really easy to get into the middle of a project and like blame the customer, right? And like, oh, they didn't give me the information I needed. And this is why it ended XYZ. But you know, it's, it's both people's responsibility, right? And I think it's you saying like, you recognizing that and you said like, it's lost time, but it's not lost time. It's like, you ended up realizing that you both misunderstood each other and taking that time to like realign, I think is really important. And you know, that happens. This is the real world design, you know, customers, things change. And so I think just being really clear and communicating as often as you can <laughs> and trying to get realigned, it's like you made a mistake. How can you fix it instead of just blaming the customer is not going to get you anywhere. So I think realigning is, is super powerful. Diane, I have a question. 
yeah. uh, for you. I want to. So, what are your thoughts on the idea that designers are facilitators? I love that question. Um, I would say that is a thousand percent true. Something that I started doing the past few years is doing more facilitations, running more design sprints. And what I realized is there's a lot that I learned from running those design sprints and facilitating that have been huge, have impacted how I go about communicating with customers. So I definitely think that it's up to the designer to facilitate, to be the one to say, hey, this is the type of feedback I'm looking for, um, or this direction that you're proposing doesn't make sense because of X, Y, Z, but why don't we brainstorm? Just like you said, like brainstorming ideas together. So I definitely think facilitating and holding the customer's hands to get them to where everyone needs to be is, is huge. And I think for designers that want to really grow and become the best designers, I think you have to have those facilitation skills unless you want to focus on something really, really specific like animations or something 3d then you can kind of live in your own world and that's totally fine but yeah I think if you want to like grow as a designer you have to be able to facilitate thank you for asking that question I think that's so so important um and I know that's something like you've been working on this past year too and you've been really like thinking about how you can better communicate to your customers um so what do you think about that I'll, I'll ask you that question <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah I loved I loved everything that you said too. It's like I like what you said about holding the stakeholders' hand and guiding them through the process. It's like so much of design as designers, they always say like we have to advocate for the users. We have to teach our stakeholders what UX design. Like I feel like a part of our job is constantly fighting other, or yeah, fighting other people that you know that showing them that UX is important and that we should invest in product design and we should invest in good user experiences and stuff like that or user research um and so design as facilitators it's that's an interesting thought because it's like almost as if like us as designers at least from my experiences that we bring all the stakeholders into the room and have them have them or try to get them to have the conversations themselves and see what kind of ideas spur out of the moment. Um, and also trying to help facilitate those kinds of conversations, um, at least from a, like a consulting agency role. Like sometimes in the room, our best superpower is empathy and listening. And so if we can get other people to share their ideas for, to us, then that's just tools that we have in order to build that better experience. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Yes. The superpower. Yes. I, that just made me think of, um, I think designers, like you don't understand your role as a designer and how impactful it is as a designer. And it's way more than just putting, moving pixels on a canvas. And I think a lot of, a lot of junior designers or even mid-level designers, like they don't see that value and that passion. And I think like we definitely do have those superpowers to facilitate and to, to get the information we need. Um, and another thing that just popped in my head was the, a lot of times customers, this is very interesting. And this is something that 
I push customers to do is like, sometimes they think that they can't give us all the information that they've done so far because they want us to, they don't want us to be like guided in a certain way, or they don't want to skew our opinions. And so they hold back. And so the designers going through all these inspo iterations and they haven't landed on the exact place that the customer wanted them to land. And so that's a lot, I would consider that wasted time. And so if the customer comes to us and gives us everything, that is the ideal starting place is like your customer has done so much research already. And if they can give you that and you can leverage that to get to the next level, that's so impactful. So maybe like, what do you think about when customers hold back or like, how has that been a situation that you've dealt with in the past? Yeah. I, I was thinking when you were saying, asking that question, I was thinking like, oh my God, just please give me all the information that you can. Don't hold back, right? Um, I definitely agree with you because it's like when customers just with, not withhold, but like decide not to share or maybe don't even share too much at the moment. It's like, we don't get the bigger picture of how the product will, you know, start or will even operate from start to finish. That's another thing that kind of popped into my head too, is like, there's so much about user experience that goes beyond just the screen. Like really the user experience starts at the initial touch point or like when the thought just comes in your head that you need to go to the grocery store or something like that. And, and then user experience is also getting into your car and driving to the grocery store and like walking around the grocery store. And then that's when you actually go to the self-checkout and click on the at the touch, what is it? The iPad or something like that to check your items out. And then you put 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 your items in your bag and put it in your car and then drive back home. Like that entire thing is the user experience. Not just, and even though we are designing for, you know, that iPad at the grocery store, um, realistically, we should think about from the whole thing, like point A to point B. Um, I kind of went on a ramble there, so I forgot your question, but. No, no, that was great. I mean, I think it, that's so true is sometimes we are so focused on like the actual app or the thing that we're designing. We don't realize what comes before and after. Um, but yeah, the question was like customers that don't give you all the information or they feel like they should not necessarily always give you all the information. They have the best intentions. And my feedback to them is no, always give all the information. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So it's like, I think, I think by not giving enough information at the very beginning, and from my experience, it's like, it's almost like we have to play the game of picking up the pieces or something. Um, we hear, we hear one bit of the story and then maybe in a meeting or something like two weeks later, we pick up another piece of the story. So that can really, that like, at least for me and my experience, like that hindered a lot of my process because I'd be so far down in a rabbit hole, like designing for something that when a new piece of information comes in, I'm like, oh, wait, this is new Intel. I got to stop my tracks and kind of rethink the entire problem or solution all over again. So I guess this is it. This is an ode to your to customers who's listening to this or product designers who's listening to this is try to get as much uh, information as possible at the very beginning. So that way it just saves everybody so much time. Um, yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, okay. So I want to kind of pick up where we left off as far as your career. So um, we talked about the graphic designer and you envious, and then you ended up taking a boot camp. Um, 
So I want to quickly touch on this because I think we've had many conversations about boot camp grads and like expectations. How was it for you who took a boot camp? How long ago? What year was it? About like two years ago, I'd say. Like, okay, yeah. so about two years ago. So what was that process from boot camp to getting a a job? What did that look like for you? Ooh, it was pretty challenging. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I know there's a lot of, I don't know if it's stigma, if that's the right word, but a lot of perceptions around boot camp grads, and it can be very disheartening sometimes. But honestly, though, like, if Honestly, though, like I think boot camps provide a great foundational starting point to build that basic knowledge. But to be honest, it didn't teach me everything that I need to know about UX. Like there's so much experiential learning that taught me more, I'd say, about the other side of learning. Like boot camp just gave you like a glimpse of what UX is. Um just, yeah, a glimpse of maybe like, you know, basic industry terminology, but it's really up to you to go in and dive a little bit deeper into the content and topics that interest you the most. And so from there, like, like leaving bootcamp with the portfolio of like three projects, I think it was good enough to get me started, but there was definitely a lot more work that I needed to do in order to land a job. So after bootcamp, I definitely picked up a couple of very short-term contracts um, that were like six months long or something like that. I did it either for free or at a very, very low cost, um, you know, a couple bucks an hour, like helping out a friend or something like that to try to put what I learned in bootcamp into practice and identify the gaps in my knowledge that I didn't know or I needed to fill. Um, Like maybe I knew basics about information architecture and my friend's website is a little bit messy Um, I definitely needed to learn a little bit more about information architecture on my own before I felt like it was a a good enough place for my friend's website or something like that. So I think, I think overall it was a good experience. Um, definitely, definitely worth investing a lot of time or a little bit more time into it and building up that portfolio and just trying to sell yourself to companies with real world experiences that will help them see your potential um, trust you to handle the problem well, and then for you to ultimately land that job. And I think everybody will definitely land that job. So, yes. Um, so something you said is, I want to go back to is um, after boot camp, you needed to take on more work before you kind of got that full time gig. Um, And I think that's important because I think a lot of graduates are under the impression that like they have all the tools in their toolbox and they can just jump into to a full time job. And I know interviewing designers and junior designers is what I look for is that a designer has taken what they learned in boot camp and applied it to a real world project. Um, And it sounds like you did that. And it's like it's a learning experience. It's not like you're going to make $80 an hour straight out of (laughs) boot camp and it's working your way up and taking on those little projects and you're like realize some of those gaps like information architecture and I just want to call that out again because I think that once you graduate you got to keep pushing and you got to keep working and you have to apply your skills to real world because I think that boot camp while it gives you the foundations it's not a real world experience yes I completely echo that Diane totally yes and so so what was that so you you your first time your first job out of boot camp was at a startup, correct? 
So maybe walk through what were those responsibilities um, from, you know, going from boot camp, working on a couple of freelance projects to getting a full-time gig and working within a startup. How, how did you feel during those maybe first few months? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> uh, my situation is a little bit interesting, I guess, because in boot camp, we were working on teams. Uh, when I landed my startup gig uh, right after boot camp, um, I was the only designer on that team. And we were building a product from zero to one, literally, like it didn't even exist at all. And so I was like fresh out of boot camp. I like didn't really know too much about UX. I knew the fundamentals and like the process, but I didn't know that you can break the process and just pick and choose whichever works better for you, I guess, as as I'm learning right now. But it was it was exciting, stressful, overwhelming. Um, I don't know, just a flush of emotions in a way, because it's like, wow, I get to work on something that's brand new. I am being thrown into the deep end, I don't know anything at all. And I think that's a skill that a lot of us UX designers like have probably mastered at this point is being comfortable and in ambiguity. Um, because my God, <laughs> we just don't know. Like the the best phrase is like, um, I just don't know anything, I guess, in UX, right? Um, but no, that was, it was an exciting time, exciting period of my life. And I'm grateful for that opportunity but it was very challenging to be the only designer on the team. Um, yes, that sounds like, I'm like, oh my gosh, that feels so intense to me. Um, that is, that's a lot, you know, that's a lot to ask of a junior designer too. Um, but one thing you said, I like kind of picking some of the things you say in all of these. I feel like I've said that one thing you said so many times, breaking the process. That is something that I think takes designers to the next level. Um, so maybe you can talk a little bit about what breaking the process is. Yes. So breaking the process means, I know this might be unexpected, but breaking the process means understanding the process very deeply and then knowing which part to break. Um, it's interesting because it's like, I know like in bootcamp, they'll teach you like, these are the steps that you need to go through. You need to first do user research. You need to first ideate, do six, eight, fives, do something like that. Brainstorm on sticky notes, make, make the user personas, uh, make the journey map, and then go into designing screens from like low fidelity to mid fidelity to prototype and stuff like that. So that is, yes, the, the entire uh, frame is very important every single step of the way. But as I'm learning right now um, in this like consulting agency world is that really you kind of just have to pick and choose which methods are going to be the most beneficial to a project and to and be beneficial for you to gather as much information as you can. Because in the real world, you're going to be working with some strict time constraints and probably resources and budgets. And unfortunately, the reality is that we can't go and do all those processes in a linear order. So maybe you only have time to do, um, you know, to do journey mapping and then go right into building the screens for the app. And then, and then, but then you also have to go back and revise that journey map if you have discovered new insights or something like that. And the thing that's so cool about design is that um, it's a toolbox. Like all this stuff is like tools in a toolbox where you can pick and choose which methods will get you to where you get you to solve your goals and your problems faster 
but you don't necessarily always have to do all of them at once um, if it is beneficial to you and your project. So, but that's the breaking the process for me though. What, what do you, what are your thoughts about it, Diane? I mean, yes to everything you said. Um, what you said at the beginning, like breaking the process is knowing the process so well that you know where to break it. Um, and yes, like with all of our customers, like, let's be honest, usually the process is broken um, and broken, not in a bad way, like broken as in we have to break it because we have tight deadlines or we can't do user testing like we originally wanted to. There's so many factors that go into breaking the process. And that doesn't mean that we're going to deliver a bad product. It means the designer knows where they need to cut corners to be able to deliver on the main goal of of the feature of the product that they're working on. So, I mean, everything you said, I completely agree with. So I, I absolutely love how you define that. Um, <clears throat> I want to actually move to something else, another hot topic. And this is also kind of where you are in your career at the stage. So you've started with the startup. Let's talk about the startup world. Let's talk about designing for the startup, which you did a little bit. And that's obviously what you do at the design project as well as we work with startups. So, Maybe you can talk about working at a startup versus working in um, a larger company, which I know you have experience with both. So what, what is that difference like for you? Yeah, I love that question because I love talking about startup companies um, in the startup environment. So um, honestly, startup environments are so energizing and refreshing and exciting and just just a really cool place to be in because it's fast paced, you know, everybody works hard. Everybody's just so passionate about what they do and the mission or the problem that they're trying to solve. Right. Cause if you're essentially building a product from like zero, zero to one, something that doesn't even exist in this world and trying to make a huge impact. Um, that is the goal. And so I, my experience working, you know, at TDP, and other startup companies like alike is that is just the energy and the fun, the funness of the people and the projects we get to do. Um, it's something that I just don't get to get to experience if I'm working in corporate. Um, I think it's just like, I think it's just like being able to being able to be in an environment that encourages you to try things out and break things and come up with new ideas that may or may not work, you know, but it's a great and safe space for us to try things and experiment. Um, I think experimentation is a huge part of startup companies. And because we move in such a, because sometimes it's like we're such a small team or we move very fast that your ideas are able to come to fruition a lot faster than they would in other environments, like, you know, a bigger company or something on a larger team with a bigger organizational structure. Um, that's not to say that the startup world is, isn't for everybody. I understand that. Like, I know it takes a very uh, uh, specific person to love the chaos um, that the startup world brings, but I don't know, I guess, I guess my experience with the startup company is just that it's, it's energizing for sure. And every single day it's different. And um, it's really nice to be working with a lot of like passionate go-getter people because you feel inspired every single day, so. Yay, I love that. Um, but maybe, so what is the benefit of working with larger companies? Because there is benefits, and there's a lot of reasons to work at 
at larger companies that are more complex and have that structure and have those teams of designers? What, what have you enjoyed about working in that environment? Yeah. So large, a larger or a bigger environment is also very beneficial as well, because I think um, structure is important. Um, structure is something that I, you know, sometimes don't get out of the startup environments, but at corporate environments, it's like, they usually have processes in place and you typically do have a lot more resources where you can go and reference or like, you know, go talk to somebody on the team, whether it's like a business analysis or like someone that's like, you know, cross-functionally like an engineer or something like that. So you have many different perspectives to draw from when you're in a larger corporation. Not to say that you don't get that at a startup company, but I don't know, like if you work at a company that's like 500 people or more, then you just have access to, you know, many different perspectives. So I guess like, yeah, I guess like structure is, structure is, can make you feel a little bit safer in larger, larger uh, company environments, because it's like, you already know what's like, it's predictable, like you already know what you're going to be working on in the next three months, you know, you already know, like, how things are going to be. You can, you just know what to expect. And I think at startup companies, sometimes you don't get that type of expectations, because things are changing so fast all the time. Um, I'd say that's probably one of the biggest difference between a larger environment than a, a small startup company. Yes, yes. I I think you summed it up really well. Um, I definitely like it's like the comfort and the structure. And, and I think especially for, say, people starting their careers is that's a nice starting point because you do have that structure and you do get to learn from, from a wide variety of people. Um, so you kind of did it a little in reverse, too. So that's an interesting um, insight, too. But let's talk about, okay, so you um, kind of, let's talk about between that first job, that first startup job to to now. I know you've worked a couple of years um, in the industry. You, I would say you're, you're kind of, you're a senior designer. And so what does that look like from you for, from starting until now, as far as your design skill set? That is a good reflective question. Um, I guess the biggest skill set that I've learned is to uh, embrace the ambiguity. And um, I know we kind of mentioned that before, but like embracing the ambiguity and just kind of going with the flow, honestly. Uh, When I was uh, from that startup company uh, at the beginning of my career, I always felt like I had to know everything. I had to just follow the process so strictly because that's just something that I only knew how to fall back on when I didn't know how to do something. Um, But honestly, it's hard to fit every single situation that you come across in and in work in a box. So it's almost like you have to just pivot at any moment and be like, you know, I don't know the right way to approach this, but I'm going to figure it out. And that's, that's going to be okay. Like I have these built experiences or something um, to, to figure it out. So I think like in that interim of that gap period from where I was before to where I am now, it's just kind of like a, uh, I guess like a confidence in myself that I won't, I won't always know the answer to everything and that's okay. But as long as you have the skill sets or as long as you have that belief that, you know, that you will figure it out at any point, um, I think is like one of the biggest biggest things that I've learned in the past years of working. Yes, yes. 
Um, that's what I say too. So like from graphic designer to junior designer to senior designer to design lead to owning the design project, the further along I get in my career, the more I realize I know nothing. Like I know absolutely nothing and I like that because every day is pushing me to learn a new skill or learn something new. And I think that really does such a weird definition. I think that defines like a senior designer. I think it defines someone that's going further in their career in design is like embracing the ambiguity, knowing that you don't know the answer and being okay with it and exploring solutions. Um I completely sympathize with that. And I think that's so true for me as well. Mm -hmm. I love that. Yeah. And it's powerful. And I think a lot of designers where we all started is we like, oh, we have process. This is what we have to do. We know what we have to do. And I think that definitely like kind of distinguishes um, like the levels of designers for sure. I want to, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about process and organization, because I know that's something that you have definitely brought a lot of insight to the design project, um, kind of organizing files, setting up for success and doing all of that pre-work or just making sure that you have a template to work from and talk a little bit about that because what you've done for the design project has been um, huge for us to organize. So this is really funny because um... I know we just finished talking about breaking the process and not following the process. And my favorite thing to do at TDP is build processes. <laughs> so, um, yes, this conversation <laughs> just all over the place. <laughs> I know. No, but it's great though, because we were just talking about how like startup companies sometimes don't have structure in a way. And I love being able to bring process and structure to startup companies. I think like in order for a startup company to grow and scale, we sometimes do need to have these like mechanisms or operational like processes in place um, that help us move a little bit faster because they're almost like tried and true. Like if they've been used by other companies, then it's okay to adopt them at our level. I mean, with flexibility and adaptability, right? But yeah, with processes at TDP, I, I don't know. I love being able to build a foundation for the company and just kind of figure out what works for us and what doesn't work for us. And like, I view processes at TDP as almost like an experiment in a way. Um, like, oh, this is awesome, guys. Like, this is going to help us streamline our workflow or something like that so we can deliver more value to our customers in less amount of time. I know that was a big value proposition that TDP um, is, you know, working on and like, loves like that's the core of our company is that we can deliver fast faster design in a smaller amount of time out of you know less surprise essentially so because our main focus at tdp is about uh, making design more of like accessible to many different companies and i think in, in order for us to do that we do have to have a process in place so that like almost like a template that allows us to work um, a little bit more efficiently and a little bit more like how do you say like better, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's no need to start from scratch, scratch, especially say like you helped us organize our Figma file. So like for every new customer, we have a structure for how we do a feature. Like we have, um, this is where the inspo goes. And this is what an example of an inspo goes. This is where you can put in your inspiration. You already have like this framework and like 
just by having these like frameworks and these starting places, it's been, it's saved us so much time um, so that we can actually spend time doing the dirty work, actually finding that inspo and actually putting together those wireframes, doing those UX teardowns. And I think having those foundations gives us the flexibility where we have a foundation, but we can break it and we can do what we want with it with in those like little set of constraints. So I, yeah, I, I think process, breaking process, it's still kind of all in the same little sphere of like what you, what you can break and what you can keep together, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I love what you said about that too. Cause it's like, um, I know we need leverage a lot about material UI design system and same thing goes with design systems, right? Like we don't have to rebuild these components if it already exists. And I like what you said about, um, about that, where it's like, if we can leverage what is already existing, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. It gives us more time to focus on other things. Um, yes, that was said way better. Thank you. <laughs> like summarizing. <laughs> um, so what I would like to do to finish this is like, where, what's the next step for you? So you, you're kind of in this, you're in the senior level designer role and you working part-time with TDP and you have other gigs you're working on. Where do you want to grow from here? What, what is your next stage as a designer? Ooh, my next stage as a designer, I always wanted to be a, um, like a design lead or like a head of design or some sort of leader at some team that just leads a bunch of other designers. Um, I want to get more into like the people aspects where I can like mentor and just help other designers grow in their career paths. Um, I don't know. I have like a love for people in that way where it's like, I just want them to do good and see and like do good and like, um, get to where they want to be. And I want to be able to coach, coach them to get there. So the next step for me is just making sure I nail down my design foundations. A lot of contradictions, this podcast period I've noticed, but, um, (laughs) I know it's funny. Um, but no, definitely just to nail down the foundations, make sure like I am constantly growing and improving on these skills because UX is changing every single day. Tech is changing every single day. And then taking those skills and being able to, I don't know, like mentor others, lead a team and just have a more, I guess, a stronger say in the company product, whichever that may be. So my my growth trajectory is just wanting to get more into that people leading role and I don't know, see what comes out from that. So I love that. And I'm, I'm excited to follow your journey, um, to this next stage of your career. And I definitely, I'm, yeah, I wish you all the luck. I'm super excited to watch you grow. Thank you so much for taking the time to sit with me and talk about your career going from a psychology major to being a senior designer at startups and corporate companies. It's definitely been um, like a fun journey and lots of contradictions. And I hope that it's inspiring to other designers at any stage that they're in as well. So thank you so much, Sam. Yeah. Thank you so much, Diane, for having me on this podcast. And I enjoyed our conversation and just for the opportunity. So um, TDP has a special place in my heart. (laughs) I love it. Thanks, Sam.